I think we should start and just do it and see if it works. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Gavin Sign podcast. It is episode one. That's right, the very first. So if you're watching this live right now, you, you get to be a part of history. I hope you'll like, subscribe, most importantly, subscribe to the podcast feed. I'll be talking in the show today about how to do that. This is it. This is the Gavin Syme podcast. Cue intro music. The Gavin Syme show, the Gavin Syme podcast. Most people don't really understand that podcasting is the only broadcast medium that they can't cancel us on, can't turn you off. They can't shut you down. They can't block you. They can't put a censorship banner over you. They can't take you off the air. Podcasting is a medium that we control and it allows us to take the power back from the algorithm and say what's on our mind for real. That's what we're going to do here. I've told you many times on my live shows, on my YouTube channel that this is a very unprofessional show, but it talks about very important and professional things despite being unprofessional. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's not trying to overthink itself. And I'm going to tell you why and what it means. First of all, I want to know how many of you listen to podcasts, right? And just throw it in the chat. Good to see you all in there live. If you're listening, if you're tuning into this live, some of the podcasts will be live. Others might not be, and I'll explain why in a few minutes as we get into the show here and try to keep it moving. Because since this is a podcast, it is a longer format show like a talk show, and I really don't have the luxury of just a bunch of cuts. We will be taking clips, like hot takes, out of the live podcast shows and making them videos on my channel. But the podcast in and of itself, depending on the show, this might be the only time you see it is live, and after that, you'll just hear it on the audio feed of the podcast. So let's get in here. Let's get in here. Who knows, who knows what a podcast is, first of all, and who listens to podcasts on a regular basis? After I see your answers to that, after I see your answers to that, I'm going to tell you why podcasting, because I think it's time it's time to throw off the shackles of the algorithm. And that's what I've been thinking about for a long time is how can we throw off the shackles of the algorithm? That is YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, all this crap that's controlling us. Now, this might seem ironic because if you're watching this show, you might be watching it live on my YouTube podcast stream. But let's talk about podcasting for a second. I actually started podcasting. It was one of the ways I first entered my career in in photography and all that stuff, right? And And you may have been there back in those back in those early days when I did a, a podcast called the Pro Photo Show podcast and that went on for years we had tons of guests it was pretty popular and I actually brought that back recently as a photography podcast after quite a few years of hiatus. But what is a podcast? People have asked me for years to do a podcast about this kind of stuff, of my Gavin Syme, the political, the, the commentary, the talk show. A podcast is essentially a talk show. A lot of them can be very boring because there's, there's no standards. You don't have to get syndicated by anyone. You syndicate yourself. This is the key. 
and this is something I've mentioned before in passing on the show, but for those of you trying to get content out there and you feel like you have something important to say, first of all, I want us to create a better way to do that. We're being censored way too much. Think about 2020 when the virus, COVID came in, all right? And that's the thing. On this show, there's gonna be no holding back for fear of getting demonetized. It's not about the monetization because you guys ideally are gonna go subscribe on the podcast feed. If you catch it live, that's great, but you don't have to because this show is going to be as an audio broadcast on the feed that you can listen to in the car or whenever you want. And whenever a new show comes down, you will, you will get it, all right? So yes, in the live show, we'll talk about comments. You guys can talk about what we want to talk about. There's not a specific time limit, but the goal will probably be about an hour. But a podcast is just an audio, sometimes video, but usually an audio talk show. But here's the secret of the podcast. It doesn't rely on the algorithm. It doesn't rely on YouTube. It doesn't rely on Apple. It doesn't rely on Google. A podcast is like an RSS feed. And if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. The bottom line is a podcast is not controlled by any one source. So this is why I've been thinking about this as these algorithms have been getting worse and worse. We'll talk about that in a minute because that's one of our topics on today's podcast is escaping the algorithm and how we can do it because the algorithm is controlling the content that we consume. And that's not okay. We're not seeing what we subscribe to. We're seeing what the algorithm wants us to. A podcast isn't controlled by an algorithm. And I think that is the key here. When you subscribe to a podcast, maybe you download Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. There's lots of podcast listening apps. You can go straight to somebody's website where they have a podcast and just listen to the podcast in a browser. But a podcast is a syndicated feed that you subscribe can subscribe to. So you can go right now to your phone and download Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any of the other podcasting apps that support podcasting. And podcasts are listed as a show. You'll you'll see that show and it'll list all its episodes and you can subscribe to it. And whenever a new episode comes out, it'll automatically be downloaded to your device. Here's the secret of a podcast though. A podcast is not a YouTube video specifically or an Apple video specifically. A podcast is a feed that you're subscribing to that's referenced to whatever site you or me tell it to come from, right? So if you subscribe to my podcast, I have the file hosted somewhere. I have it on my site somewhere. I have all the data entered that shows you, hey, this is the this is the po- the cover art for that podcast. All that's part of the feed, and it's put into an RSS feed. So we might record a podcast live here on YouTube, and then I'll split that audio out and put it on the podcast feed. If YouTube takes that video down, the podcast doesn't go away. If YouTube shuts my channel down, this is why it's time to move now. It's time to stop relying on these platforms because most of what we're talking about can be talked about with audio. When I'm doing a podcast and I know it's going to be audio, I'm a little more specific, right? So if, if I'm going in here and we're saying, hey, let's let's talk about my latest video. Let's go to my channel and we'll talk about my latest video. And so if I'm showing you guys something here on a video but I know I'm recording for a podcast. I might be like, hey, here's here's my videos that I'm working on, but I'm going to explain a little more. I'm going to describe visually. So what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to watch live. If the video stays on YouTube, depending on how controversial it is, because this is going to be a non-censored show. So if there's a risk of getting banned, some episodes might not even air live, right? If, if they're too into the 1984 algorithm that's going to block us, 
I can just record them by myself or with, with guests separately, upload them to the podcast feed. So you, even if you're subscribed here, you want to be uploaded to the podcast feed because in the podcast feed, you don't get an algorithm deciding whether you see it. You open up your app and there's your latest podcast and talk shows that you've downloaded right there. No one else is controlling them other than the creator and you. So let's say I have my podcast in the Apple podcast directory. There's many podcast directories that we can submit to, but ultimately those directories are just referencing the feed coming from our sites. So let's say for some reason I was in the Google podcasts and I got high profile enough that Google banned me from Google Podcasts, right? Because it's not like YouTube where you have these automatic algorithms. It's not like Facebook where it's doing this stuff. It's it's not looking that close at the podcast content. It's a lot more of a free, open, libertarian source of content. Even if Google, let's say, banned me from their podcast directory, it wouldn't, it wouldn't stop you from getting the podcast. It would still keep downloading because you're on that feed and that feed is pulling direct from my servers or wherever server I'm hosting. Now, are you understanding what I'm saying here? So I hope this is sinking in how important this actually is. And it's been coming to my mind a lot of time. And I know a lot of people are going to hear this and think, oh, I don't know what a podcast is. I don't care. You, you need to care because YouTube is controlling what you see. So let's stop talking about the podcast for a second. By the way, after this show, this is the first episode. So if you go to callmegav.com slash podcast right now, there's going to be nothing there because I haven't uploaded the first show. Once we finish this show, I upload the audio feed. It'll be uploaded to that page and you'll be able to go to callmegav.com forward slash podcast. And there'll be all the links of, of how you can subscribe in a podcast feed as well as show notes, as well as link to the live video replay, if it's available, depending on what we were talking about in that podcast, etc. Let's get into the content, though. If, if I haven't explained this well, let me know in our, in our live chat room if, you, if you're not understanding what a podcast is still. The bottom line is Facebook doesn't control whether you see a podcast. YouTube doesn't control whether you see a podcast. TikTok and Google don't control whether you see a podcast. We can create content. I can create content. You can make your own podcast. So podcasts are something that came out in 2000, you know, got big in 2007, 2008 with the iPad, iPod and things like that. And then they kind of faded off a little bit and now they're coming back because people are realizing that it's a more free medium and there's something great about just a simple audio broadcast medium. And so we'll see how that goes. But can we talk about this algorithm thing? And we'll look at some other stuff. One of the cool things about being a podcast is I don't have to fit. We're going to do mini segments, which if they're good, I might cut them out and there'll be videos on the channel, kind of like I do with my live streams. I might still do normal evening chat live streams that aren't the podcast just because I want to talk about something. But if it's a podcast, it's going to say the podcast. And then you can rely on that to also be in the podcast feed in case you can't catch it live. Let's get on with the show because I want, number one, you guys to throw things in the show that you want me to talk about. I want, I want the, the live audience to kind of lead the show a little bit, a lot, and tell me, hey, what are you guys seeing? What's being talked about and what are my thoughts on it? What's our human rights aspect of it? How do we fight against it? How do we resist? What's the realities that we're dealing with? So we can kind of have some live interaction on this. And in the future, yes, if I can get the podcast going and get any support from you guys and get you guys subscribing, because I can see all the stats on the back end, um, 
then hopefully we'll get some other guests and activists. And so it's, it's not just my own echo chamber and your guys' chat. It's also other voices coming in here. Hi, Sandra. There's my girl in there. Um, Fitz asks if I'll be swearing more on the podcasts. I, I don't think so. I've never been much of a, of a vulgar person. I think I, I use kind of on accident, right? Um, I use more vulgarities in Spanish because I grew up in my mom and dad, like I, we weren't allowed to, to cuss. And I think as an activist, it is important. I know a lot of the activists are like, F you, F you. I, I, and it's entertainment. And if, if you're looking to entertain people, some of those videos are really funny. If, if you, for the record, if you talk to cops that way down here, you will still go to jail for it. You won't stay there for long. I remember th there's, uh, Mexico's a lot more of a polite culture still, right? Maybe more like the 40s or 50s. I don't even know if then. It's very much a kind of formal, in public, you respect people, but behind the scenes, you, you, you say how, crappy they are. And so in Spanish, these words don't have as much significance. You know, I, I grew up trying to be educated and speak boldly, but I, it, it, with this mindset that if, if I have to say F you, it's because I really don't have anything more intelligent to say, and I just want to insult somebody. And I think there's some truth in that, but I also don't get offended if some people use vulgarities. Uh, Sometimes people will still get arrested for flipping a cop off or something like that, but usually not anymore because our society is so much more aggressive. But I remember talking to a guy once that ran a taqueria down here, and he's passed away now, but uh, Manny said, he said one time, um, I told the cop, I can't remember what the insult was, but I think he said, I told the cop he was a puto pandejo, which is a, a asshole whore. Um, there we go with the demonetization. And so, like, if you say that, if, 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 if you insult someone like that or say, hijo de tu puta madre, right? Son of your whore mother. Like, if you are out on a Saturday night and people have been drinking and you say that to somebody, you're probably going to get in a fist fight. And that's just completely normal here. And it is common for things like that to go down. Right. So there's fighting words definitely still exist down here because you don't get a felony assault charge for getting in a fist fight, generally speaking, unless somebody really, really gets hurt. If you get in a fist fight, even if the cops do come, even if you're drunk and disorderly and fighting with each other, they're going to put you in the tank for 24 hours. I think the max they can hold you is 48 hours before they let you go unless you've really, really done something that, that they can charge you for. And that kind of stuff, those aren't really, it's a key difference here in Mexico that most things aren't charging offenses. They're just, we're going to detain you temporarily. So if you're drunk and disorderly, let's say, you don't get charged with drunk and disorderly. You get taken to the Huscao and they might not treat you very well. But they can only hold you for like 48 hours max. If you give them some money, they're probably going to let you go before that. And if you don't, after that, once you've sobered up, they just let you go. And so it's a huge cultural distinction. Like in the States, when you get arrested, the prosecutor will charge you from something and you'll spend the next six months and ten or $20,000 in lawyer fees trying to work it out. That's not how it works in Mexico. Those, you know, courts and lawyer fees and, and trials and stuff like that are for serious charges like rape, murder, uh, trafficking, stuff like that. But let's not get too far off topic here. Let's not get too far off topic. Just to say that this guy I was talking to, he insulted the cop and he said, you know, he, he was a, he was a whore son basically. And 
he, the cop arrested him and he took him to the judge and the judge said, did you say this? And he said, yeah. And the judge said, all right, it's a $5 fine for insulting an official. And he said, okay, here's 10. And he turned to the cop and he said, puto fandejo. And he left. Now, I don't know how true this story was, but that is a very Mexican, Mexico-minded kind of story. Let's come back to this algorithm topic so we don't get too far. In fact, I may actually... Why do I have a Kleenex? Oh, I'm using it to set my, my mug on. Okay. I really feel like we need to talk about the algorithm, guys. Now, I'm starting a podcast because I want a way to work around the algorithm, and the algorithms don't control podcasting. What you subscribe to is actually what you get still with a podcast, and it's very difficult for them to take that away because it's not hosted on any one platform that controls it, like on YouTube, for example, where you're watching this. In the early days of YouTube and Facebook and all these things, you liked a page. Remember the early days of Facebook, 2007, 2009? I was there, right? I was always on these things early. I was kind of a bleeding edger kind of guy with technology. And so I had like a Facebook page. I remember on my photography Facebook page, Sime Effects had like 10,000 subscribers. And I would go, I would go and I would post a photo on my photography Facebook page, right? So I'd, I'd go out and I'd do a, a photo session or go out and do landscapes and I'd come back to my page where I had maybe six, seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 uh, likes, basically subscribers as, as we know them now. And I would say, okay, I'm gonna upload the photo to my page. And within minutes, I would have a 100 likes, right? Because what was happening with that algorithm is it didn't exist. The algorithm was you liked a page, therefore you're gonna see what that page posts in some kind of order that it was posted in, depending on how many pages you liked and how much content overload there was, right? You'd have to scroll for a while if you were subscribed to a lot of things. YouTube was the same way. This is why it used to mean a lot that I have over 200,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Now it means almost nothing. Because if I post a video, unless the algorithm picks it up and likes it, which it rarely does with my kind of content, it's going to get a thousand, maybe two thousand views. Whereas in the past, as as little as six, seven years ago, I would upload a video to this channel, you guys. It would have thirty thousand views within a couple hours because I had one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand subscribers. You guys remember that if you followed me for any time. And it's not just me. It's not just the topics that I talk about. It's that YouTube and the algorithm they've created wants dumb content. Let me let me show you what I mean. Think about what you scroll right. So you have people you subscribe to. What does YouTube show you? You say, I want to learn about being fixing my car. So you subscribe to some car fixing channels, right? But the video may be from a channel you subscribe to that pops up on your phone is, I went to Thailand to the red light district, right? And there's a great poster image and there's a great headline and it's like a travel vlog, but it's exciting sounding. So that's the video you click on out of all the videos it prevent, presents. So then the algorithm sees, well, well, Fitz likes hookers, right? I'm, I'm, I'm using that facetiously. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's true. I'm just saying that you've clicked on that. TikTok algorithm's even worse on this and more dumbed down for you, right? But let's use YouTube for an example. You guys can verify anything I'm saying here. It's going to look at that video you clicked on and say, okay, he clicked on the travel vlog video. It was a little bit sexy and he watched it for eight out of its 12 minute length. 
and he was engaged and he liked it and he subscribed to the channel. So it's going to start showing you not necessarily videos from that same channel. That channel might post 10 videos in the next two months and you'll only see two of them because maybe that was the only one that really hit it with you, right? So the fact that you subscribed, in the past you would subscribe and when more videos came out, you would say, um, these are cool, I like this guy. And you would keep engaging. Or if you subscribe to a channel or a page and later you're like, oh, I just liked that one thing, I don't really like this guy, you would unsubscribe. That's how it worked, not how it works anymore. So have you ever noticed, now think about this, the algorithm then is gonna give you not even what you want, right? It's going to give you what your base side wants, what your subconscious wants. It's going to give you what gives you the best endorphin rush. This is, I would say, two or three times more true on TikTok. Appreciate it. Defend your base. Thanks for the support of the Gavin Sign podcast. All right. I just said that in a cool way. Not really. Not really. But I'm just practicing here for the show because you guys are live with me. But this is all going to be on the podcast. The podcast is going to be long form. Now, the algorithm. Let's not make this part too long because I want to cut this video out. If you take that algorithm, so let's go to my YouTube and see. Let's go to my, if I go to youtube.com right now, should I show you this? I don't even know. Like This is a little bit personal what shows up on your YouTube, right? If I go to youtube.com right now, what's it gonna show. I don't. I don't see anything too terrible here. So what shows on top? Well, it shows that I'm live. That's cool. There I am. Um, it shows reviews of mics. I'm always watching reviews of mics. I always watch Project Farm videos, right? So the algorithm likes them because he makes really good content, uh, and he gets a lot of views. And so there's all this random stuff: cooking steak, Linus tech tips, and let's keep scrolling. So as we keep scrolling, it's gonna. Oh look, now we're getting there, right? Now we're, now we're getting to some sexy short stories, TikTok style. Do I subscribe to this person? No. It's like, hey, we threw a few things that Gavin might like. Now let's throw something that'll get his attention. Okay, I'm going to keep scrolling down. I have no option but to see these new crappy shorts. And it's going to start showing me video game stuff. Now we get into lasers. It's hard to not click on lasers, right? You're, you're going to click on lasers. And so what it's doing is the more you go down, it's saying, hey, he's not responding to the kind of content that we thought he might want. So let's start giving him other stuff. And the more you go down, the more intense and different it starts to get, right? It starts throwing things with fire. It starts throwing things that are kind of extreme. Now, you've probably seen this yourself. YouTube knows the time of day that you're on. YouTube knows how long you're staying on a video, whether you're liking it. So YouTube and TikTok and all these things, TikTok is even enabling your cameras at times and listening to you. It's watching your expressions to see what your facial expressions are to decide what crap to feed you. It's not giving you what you want to see. It's giving you what you will engage with and make them the most money. The algorithm is there to make profit for YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, etc. Not to give you the content you need, but to keep your eyeballs on their platform for as long as possible. Have you noticed in the past few years, in the past I would make videos that were 10, 15, 20 minutes long. No one cared. We were happy to listen to that. Now people can barely pay attention to a video that's longer than 30 seconds because we've been so TikTok and we're used to scroll. We just swipe past if we don't like it, right? It's like Tinder, but for videos, we just swipe past if it's not salacious enough, if it doesn't grab us in two seconds. That's why it's so hard to make content on YouTube, because if I don't put a good poster, if I don't have a good enough title, the algorithm will not pick it up, no matter how good, intelligent, educated, important that video is.
It doesn't give you what you want to see. It gives you what the algorithm thinks will keep you on the platform the longest. So if, if the algorithm sees you getting tired, maybe, maybe you're not staying on any video for long. Have you ever noticed when you're up at two in the morning, doom scrolling and you're like, oh, I'm bored of this. No, I don't want to watch another video game video. No, I don't want to watch a video about Gavin talking about the constitution. YouTube knows that. And so have you ever noticed that at two in the morning when you know you probably should be in bed, but you can't quite drag your eyes away from the screen, YouTube starts showing you things that are darker and more salacious as time goes on. The YouTube rabbit hole, right? It's not an accident. They don't want you to go to bed. They don't want you to be healthy. They want you to stay on the platform. And so have you noticed that the videos at two in the morning when you should be falling asleep and you probably are, they need to go more extreme to get you attention because they can see what your patterns are. They know where you're touching on the screen. They know what you're doing. That's when the videos start to come out like the top 12 most brutal executions in history. The fourth one is horrible. I thought they were all the most brutal execution. The, the horrible punishments of Arab sex slaves who disobeyed in the 1700s, right? Do you subscribe to those channels? No. Are they sometimes interesting history? Yes, and history is important, but they're usually presented in a way to excite you and to be kind of salacious. They're not a strictly history study like, oh, I'm studying what customs were in Arabia in the 1700s. They're trying to suck you in. A lot of us, yes, would call it clickbaiting, as you say in the chat, although technically clickbaiting is usually reserved for a video that gives you a, an image or a title that doesn't deliver. Technically, it's baiting you in to watch, but if the video delivers on what's in the poster, if Mr. B says, I bought a chocolate factory and decided to become Willy Wonka, and he actually does that in the video, spending millions of dollars, because yes, some of these videos that are really top dogs, they're spending literal millions of dollars to make a video now. How do you compete with that? The algorithm knows that if it keeps people on the platform, they make more money. So it's going to do whatever it can to keep you from leaving the platform. Your health, sleeping, working, your family, that doesn't matter. What you subscribe to doesn't matter. Keeping you on the platform matters, okay? And that's how the algorithm works. So then once the algorithm has you, once you're there, once they know how to manipulate you, they also, this is the daily algorithm that controls what you see so that they make money, right? All this stuff. What's going to draw your eye? And the more you scroll, the more crazy of stuff they'll give you to try and grab your attention if it's not working. The algorithm knows. And now with AI and all this stuff, it's getting even better. Here's the other side of that, though. They control what you see. This is why I've started doing podcasting. Because the algorithm now, when COVID started, what did you see? All across the top of your YouTube was all the propaganda. Stay inside, wear masks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Close your business. Fear, 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 fear. So when you went to YouTube, and I remember this distinctly, do you guys? I didn't subscribe to these channels. It showed me all this mainstream news crap that made me second guess. That's what it was meant to do. This is the narrative globally. We're going with it. That now takes over even above the normal algorithm. We're going to show you this stuff. The deniers, blah, blah, blah. But here's the facts, right? Absolute propaganda, fact checkers. Facebook did the same thing. 
So there's the algorithm meant to make them money. And then there's their overlords that they're pleasing and they're working with and they're in bed with. So when something happens, they now have your eyeballs every day because they've created the algorithm not only to make money on you, but to control what you think. Think about this. You're a 10 year old kid. You have TikTok. You're scrolling through TikTok. If, if any of you doubt me, I want you to go and open a TikTok just to try it. Download TikTok, spend 20 minutes on there. Okay, so I'm a man, right? If I open TikTok and enter my email, it's gonna know, even if I don't enter any information about myself, it's gonna know what I respond to in minutes. And I mean this literally. Even in mainstream tech circles, TikTok is notorious and horrible about this, right? We're talking about a Chinese company. They're gonna do what they want. They're gonna manipulate your data the way they want. If you go to TikTok, it's gonna start throwing things. And it can do it fast because the videos are short. What do you swipe on and what do you watch? What do you let replay? What do you don't let replay? What do you let replay over and over again? Because it knows you're laughing at it. It knows all that. So it's going to, you're going to open TikTok. It's going to show you a guy building a table. Oh, you might watch that. Oh, okay. He likes, he likes handicrafts. It's going to show you can't keep me down that easy, YouTube. The whole system just crashed, right? So if, if, if they're, if they're talking about going to podcast, the entire system just blew BSOD'd on me. And I had to restart the whole thing, not just the browser. Fortunately, the stream is still going in the background. That is one of the beauties of, of a good stream setup. And here we are. But you know what? I've been talking about the algorithm. I'm not gonna be able to cut this video out and put it in there, I don't think. I'll have to make another video for the channel about the algorithm, and this will just be in the podcast. So let's, let's wrap it up. But I, this, there's been so many crashes at this point that I don't think I'll be able to slice this out and make a separate video. But I think it's really important that you know about the algorithm. You're, you're, it's gonna show you, TikTok's gonna show you, you can go try this. It'll show you maybe some handicrafts, it'll show you some sports, it'll show you some, maybe somebody skydiving, it'll show you a girl shaking her booty, it'll show you somebody fighting with cops, it'll show you a couple yelling at each other, it'll show you a pretty girl dancing. Uh, it's gonna repeat those themes, and it's gonna know, It's you don't have to subscribe to these. There's no subscribing, it's going to know what you're responding to, what your eyes stay on. So think about this, how often do you go, let's just talk candidly. You know how many times I see people on TikTok and it's, I'm like, what is with TikTok? And it's always guys putting on makeup, right? We're constantly promoting this agenda that guys need to be like girls and girls need to be like guys. And I'm so sick of it, right? I'm a male. I can see a pretty girl dancing and value that. I'm an artist. I'm a photographer. Like I, I get that. But we, I think our values are still important. Loving each other, acting like Jesus is still important. You know how many times I've seen, especially with young people, they don't, they don't show me guys putting on makeup. They know I have zero interest now. The algorithm knows that. So it takes a 12-year-old kid and they open TikTok. And you can say, no, I don't let my kids view any of this stuff, but that's a problem too, because you're not letting them see anything, but then also they're just gonna want it more. And so it's like this conflict all the time that we're creating, because you can't just shut them out from the world, even though the world gets more and more insane and, and perverse all the time with the way that it that brainwashes, right? These platforms are creating this mentality of identity or lack thereof in the youth. They didn't come up with the idea. So they watch these videos. If a 12 year old is flipping through and they're gonna see a video of, of a guy putting on makeup and dressing like a girl, super popular for some reason. This is why this has to be a podcast, guys, because there's no way I can be monetized talking about this stuff. So then what? Then what happens? 
It's not that they went to TikTok looking for that. It's not that they actually wanted that. This is why I want you to let this sink in how much the algorithm is manipulating you. The 12 year old didn't go wanting that. They stopped on it because it drew their attention. And TikTok realized, hey, they're looking at this. They watched the 30 second short three times because it was different. It was shocking, whatever, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this topic. It could, it could be anything. So TikTok is like these short videos are the epitome of ignorance. People learn, they become a member of the lynch mob. They form their opinions and conclusions by bypassing all the facts and reason and logic that come from actually studying history, from actually listening to a debate. That's not what happens in a 30 second video. You're thrown out the most salacious things that shock you and keep you viewing and you form an opinion and you move on to the next one. And when TikTok sees that you formed an attachment to that, it will show it again and say, do they still respond? Oh, they're still responding. Let's show them more. Let's try this. The algorithm adapts to you in a way that it can manipulate you. It's what TikTok's doing. It's what YouTube's doing. It's what Facebook's doing. It's what Instagram's doing. They're all doing it in their own different ways. I would say probably TikTok is the most evil about it, but but YouTube is certainly doing it without your health or your sanity or truth in mind. They always say, oh, this has been fact-checked. They don't care about fact-checking, guys. They care about getting in front of you what they want to be in front of you. It's not that the youth is going out looking for all this kind of weird stuff that, why is my kids watching that? It's that these algorithms are using AIs and the intelligence they've created to manipulate these kids and to shock these kids into drawing them to be interested in certain things. And then they think they, they developed that that interest was natural and they just like this. But actually the algorithm just found a way to find the chinks in them so they could use them to make money. That's what the algorithm does. And so I think podcasting is a way to get out of that algorithm because we can still do media, we can still do talk shows, but we don't have to rely on that algorithm. If you subscribe to the Gavin Sign podcast, in a podcast app on your phone. It doesn't have to be any one podcast app. It can be whatever you like to use. You can go to your app store, search for a podcast app, and you might get top ones like Google Podcasts or something like that, but you can use whatever you want. Once you click the link on my site, subscribe to my podcast, it's gonna download when I put a new podcast app. The algorithm has no say in it. It's the only way I know in 2023 to actually get the content that you asked for is an RSS feed like a podcast. By the way, you can also subscribe. There's RSS text readers too, where you can subscribe to blogs and things like that, news sites, personal blogs, things like that. But I would say podcasting is a bigger, a bigger deal because you can actually quickly subscribe right in these apps to media content that you can listen to while driving, etc. Okay, that's what I have to say about the algorithm today on the Gavin Sign podcast. Let me know what you guys think about this. And now let's go to your questions. Let's look at what you guys are talking about as well. Let me know if you want to talk about anything. Um, we'll probably keep the show to about an hour today because I have to be, I'm not going to edit these much, but I, I'm going to take out the times when, when it crashed and there was no sound, etc., so that the podcast is still, is a clean feed, right? In the algorithm. It's, it's 11 o'clock at night. You're scrolling. YouTube knows that if it shows you the video that you subscribe to where it's Gavin Syme and I'm, and the title is let's talk about the first amendment right? There's that video. <laughs> or there's the video of like, cute girls in short shorts do a super sexy dance at the public mall. Now I know that's a bit 
of a cliche example, but that's how really how the algorithm works. And I get that you don't want to listen to me talk all the time. Sometimes we just want entertainment. Sometimes you want to watch a video about Mr. B. Sometimes you want to watch a video about people dancing sexy. Sometimes you want to watch a video about video games. That's fine. But the algorithm knows you better than you know yourself. In your mind, you know what you want to watch, but that's not really what you want to watch. The algorithm's going to make sure of that. Let's talk about... That's not where the card goes. Let's talk about cart narcs. Has anybody seen this? Um, somebody asked me about it on a recent channel, like, hey, you should talk about cart narcs. And I'm always talking about activists, right? And if you go to this, here, let me switch the screen over so you guys can see. It's this channel. They got half a million subscribers. And guess what? Their videos are getting a lot of views. Although, for the amount of subscribers, same problem. Tons of subscribers. But unless they post something exciting enough, this is the problem with being a YouTuber. Unless you post something exciting enough, it's not going to get views. So even if you have something good to talk about, you have to try and give it. I do it here. You guys see it on the channel. I'm trying to talk about important things, but I try and give it a good title, an edgy title, a good poster. Because if I don't, even the thousand of you that occasionally see it won't see it, despite having 200 and some odd thousand subscribers. doesn't matter anymore, the subscriber count. This, this cart narcs thing, somebody asked me, and I just want to talk briefly. I don't want to give too much attention to this. That's not where the cart goes. This is a group of people. No, not F me. And they put stickers. You're too right? You're too old to do that, sir. The point is. I don't care about your point. Why don't you want to make have a slight, a polite? Why are you spitting on your own car? My problem is that you what these guys have done. That's interesting. These carton art guys is they've gone out and they've copied the style of activists. Right when I started doing activism. We didn't have this narrative style, right? There was people and there would be incidents with, let's say, the Border Patrol, and they'd pull out a camera and they'd be arguing with them. But, and I've been told this, I didn't come up with it myself, I've been told that that I was the first one to go out with a camera and I would be narrating to the people live and in real time, guys, here's what's happening, this cop's doing this, and then I would go argue with him, and then I would turn the camera around and I would explain. Now, whether I was the first to do that, I don't know. But I was one of the early people that had kind of that narrative style of, of like news reporting, but with a little bit more aggression, right? Getting in their face a little bit. So what people have realized then is there's a lot of activists like James Freeman, who, you know, picked up kind of that same similar style, even though he's different than me, but it's a similar kind of approach and started doing these really good videos where it was just like no shame of getting in their faces. Because when I did activism, I had that style. I was always, as a public speaker, I would always have very much the approach of an open and middle close. I would walk up. I'd be, hey, guys, I'm walking up to this scene. I see a cop pulling. Let's just go check it out. Right. I would explain myself. Then I would argue. Right. Set up conflict. This is basic story building conflict. Hey, what are you doing there? Why are you harassing that guy? No, you can't do that. That's a violation of, of the fourth amendment. Why are you doing that? Do you not respect the constitution? So there's a little bit of aggression. It would usually be responded to, Hey, you need to back up. You need to back up. No, I don't need to back up. I have my rights. I'm doing just fine. I'm just standing here with a camera. I have no weapons. I'm doing nothing right. Remember me doing those early videos. They're still here on the channel. Always explaining myself, not just for my own safety, but to the viewer explaining the narrative. And then when that video would end, I would close it out. Hey, guys, this is why I did this. Here's the laws. Here's why it's not okay. There was always this open, middle, close narrative. And that was, I think, a, a very old technique. It's the basics 
of making content, storytelling, broadcasting, etc. But it wasn't real common in the activist world because these phones and stuff that could live stream just hadn't been out for that long. Okay? So that kind of journalism that's in your face is important because sometimes you need to get out there and you need to get in their face. That's classic old style journalism. Really, it's just with a new technology twist. So I didn't invent that. James Freeman didn't invent that, but we may have taken it and, and expanded on it. And, and then a lot of other people started doing a similar thing because it makes sense. And now you have, then you have channels, you know, like audit the audit that make, make a living just picking apart people like ours videos, right? And sitting in their chair, not actually doing any activism, but taking our content. How many, Welcome how many subscribers audit does audit the audit have? Right? Here we go. And sometimes they do show relevant things, but mostly legal expert, quote, gets his mom arrested for this. Mostly what Audit the Audit do is, is it takes other people's hard work that they risk their lives, their journalism to get, whether it was perfect or not. And then they make money on it by adding their own commentary and acting like they're experts. But the experts are actually, the experts on defending people's rights are actually the people that are defending people's rights, not the people commenting. That's why I've always been about, whether it's in Mexico or in the United States, about going up, walking up with a camera and saying, hey, what's going on, bro? Why are we doing this? Defending people's rights. And that, that narrative, that fundamental narrative is important. And you take someone like, Cartnarks, for example, and they've taken that concept. If you go and you get aggressive someone and you get in their face, what's going to happen? They're probably going to respond in a negative manner. They're probably going to get aggressive with you if they're not used to that kind of confrontation, even if it's over a shopping cart. So what these guys do is they just go to public parking lots. And if people don't put the carts back in the cart return, they go and they put a sticker on their car, which is pretty aggressive because even though they're not hurting their car, they're putting an object on their car. So they take a, a, an initial aggressive step to do this. And then they get people mad at them. And those people respond. Body shaming of yourself, sir. But what did you learn these negotiation techniques? Right? Like Does this sound familiar? When I watched this, I was like, wow. Um... That's exactly how I would talk to cops. This kind of control. I wasn't being vulgar, but I was pushing them to get a response. Because that's that's good. You want pop, cops are public servants. It's okay to try and get a response out of them and see why they're doing what they're doing and make them explain themselves. Right? There's there's nothing wrong with that. This does not need to play back in 4K. It's going to mess up my internet. Okay. So what they've done is they've taken that style and they've used it for something that's irrelevant just to entertain you. And it works because the algorithm is going to show it to you. People just want to be entertained. They don't actually want to have to think that deep in today's world and maybe not in any era's world. If I'm out talking to a cop, you have conflicts, right? We have to overcome our sense of enslavement that's been created in us. We have to question, oh, are the cops actually good? Should I actually be supporting the cops? Is the government actually, is the border actually good? Is the military actually good? Or are they, are they terrorizing the world? You have to start asking yourself hard questions. With, with, when you watch people fighting over a shopping cart, you don't really have to ask yourself hard questions. You can just kind of laugh at people insulting each other. No, no, no. Well, no, he's not yours. You don't. Oh, what's going on? Right? Well, 
intense music. I was just talking to that guy. So they go into these parking lots and they harass people. Now, let's be clear. I think it's rude if you leave your shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot so that the wind blows it and it smashes into another car. If they were just going out and saying, hey, dude, don't leave your car out, cart, cart out where it's going to smash somebody else's car, I might be a little more on the side of this thing and understanding it. But it's very clear that they're using the techniques that us activists have developed over the five, past five years for doing video. They're taking those techniques and they're turning them in just, into just an entertainment show to get a reaction out of people. Because it's not, they don't, they don't go after you if you leave your car in the middle of the parking lot where it's going to roll away and crash. They get after you if you put it up on the curb because there's no cart return near you and you just park it safely. I have no problem doing that. I do that lots of times. I don't leave my cart. I always try and park my cart in a way that it's not going to go and smash somebody else's property. It's okay to call people out if they're being inconsiderate of other people or if they're abusing other people, etc., even if they're not public officials. That's not the problem. The problem is the whole narrative here is simply to get a reaction out of these people. So I just think it's a little interesting that we have people now making very successful channels using the techniques that real activists developed to make these channel conglomerates of people in different locations doing these videos that are actually essentially just harassing people who've done nothing wrong. What concerns me about this kind of content, even though, yeah, it can be entertaining, and yes, most of the people do respond badly, because almost no one anymore knows how to be calm, respect others, and love their neighbor. But they're using the psychology to push them into making them angry, right? They're pushing their buttons, being calm but passive-aggressive, and getting a reaction out of the people. That's what this channel does. But do you see a problem here? If this kind of stuff becomes the norm, they'll use that as reasons to make laws about filming in public because the government will see an opportunity to make laws to prevent us filming other people, but not for other people's sake. It will be to prevent us from filming them. And that's the overarching concern I see with content. And I've seen some of the other activists do this too, where essentially they're just harassing people for doing something they don't like and making it into an activist show. Activism is about defending something important to me. It's about defending human rights. It's about defending life, liberty, property, things like that. It's not just about making something sensational. I never even used to go looking for it, right? Not that it's wrong. I know a lot of the activists now up there, they go out and they have an activism day and they go out with two or three guys and they're just looking for police encounters, listening to the radio scanners, and then they get all these great videos of just how crazy and insane the police are. And, it, and it's a show, right? It's a job. It's a dangerous job. But I always just film because stuff fell right in front of me. You know what I mean? So I do think it's interesting that this is happening. Looking at your comments here, guys, on the first episode of the Gavin Syme podcast. If you're listening live, thanks for being here. But if you're listening in the podcast feed, please subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcast listener. Okay. Um, we talked about the algorithm. We talked about carton arts. Um, not parking your cart gives people jobs. I'm sure the people that work at the store don't love going to get carts. But and it, to be fair, to be clear, like I think we should be considerate of other people. If if there's a cart return and I can safely put my cart in there so it doesn't blow it, I'm going to do it. But if the cart returns on the other side of the parking lot, I'm going to put my cart somewhere not in a cart return because I've considered a failing of the store to have correctly placed a cart return. So I'm going to set my cart in a curb or something like that up on top of a curb where it won't blow away and hurt someone else's property. 
But yeah, they'll have to come get it. It's not the end of the world. Okay. And so what channels like Cart and Arse are doing is they're acting like they really have this mission, like it's really important, like they're saving the day, but they're not saving the day. They're just making content, salacious content to get views is, is what I'm seeing when I watch these videos. Charles says, I just came from the Mexico tool video to see the guy willing to put his children in danger. And this guy doesn't disappoint. Thanks for the comment, Charles. Let's talk about that here on the Gavin Sign Podcast live show. Because I've been harassed a lot about a video uh, where I went through a toll booth. In fact, you know what? Let's, let's search for that video on YouTube. Here it is right here. This is one of my most disliked videos because I was a little aggressive. So I came up to this, uh, to this here coming back from a road trip. These tolls in Mexico are illegal. They're, they're run by friends of politicians. Uh, according to the agreement, when these roads were constructed, after 20 years, the tolls were supposed to go away. They didn't go away. The government kept the tolls, but the government was so incompetent at operating, and there was so much corruption that they sold the toll concessions off to third-party people, and a fraction of the money actually goes to the roads, and there's been all kinds of scandals about this and tolls being shut down. So aside from the tolls, being illegal because they were supposed to go away years ago, much like the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, right? That toll's still there. It's just there if you people ignore the toll, they'll come, the cops will come and shoot you. Here, it's a normal form of activism to ignore and run the tolls because people are sick of being screwed over, right? Someone wants to take their family to the beach and the entire budget for their trip is used up in paying tolls. It might be, they might spend $40 on paying tolls. That's half of their week's wage just so they can take their family to the beach, which means they can't. Now, there's always a free road, but the free roads tend to be very bad. And people have this idea that, oh, you have to pay the tolls if you go to Mexico, because that's how the roads are paid for. No, the roads are paid for by gas taxes, just like anywhere else. The, the, the gas costs way less to produce, but the taxes are just as high on it. You're paying for those roads every time you fill up your tank. The most of the money from the tolls is just going to the pocket of the corrupt thugs and politicians that run them. That's the reality, okay? Let's look, so I came up to this toll and I just calmly ran through the toll like I've done many times before. This was how the activists here, the Mexicans taught us to do it. I ran through, he threw the bar back and he, he broke the window and it cut the legs of my son a little bit who was sitting there. And so people were like, oh, that was super irresponsible. You went out and you did activism with your kids. No, I was literally coming back. My Spanish is horrible here, so I get mocked for it a lot because I was agitated. I was agitated. And also I hadn't been in Mexico that long. My Spanish was very, very rough. So this guy intentionally slapped my window. This is not a cop. It's just a dumb security guard punk. I thought he could punish me for not paying the toll. Right? And so ultimately, I argue, ultimately what I did is we left, right? And I ripped the toll bar off so that there was no toll bar there for the next person for them to extend. Okay? Now, obviously, you couldn't no be this aggressive with your activism in the States. I didn't punch anybody or anything like that, but it was a little bit of an intense situation. No one was seriously injured. Obviously, was I mad because they broke the window next to where my son was sitting? Yeah, I was pissed. That's why I wasn't as calm as I would normally be. And so what people do that have no concept of how Mexico works, that have no concept of the fact that these tolls are illegal, or that are just loyalists to the corrupt politicians in Mexico, 
they say, oh, look at his Spanish, and they mock my Spanish. Oh, forgive me for not being a fluent speaker in another language. I'm learning. Um, they say, oh, he endangered his kids. Okay. I mean, you can make the argument of, like, you shouldn't do activism with your kids in the car. But what you have to understand, and can you, maybe some people say, I've had a lot of people, even, even people that respect my work, say you were wrong to do that. Maybe what you have to understand is I didn't expect that. I wasn't expecting to get in a fight. I wasn't expecting to do activism. I rolled through dozens of these tolls in the same way. This is if you come in in Sonora or something like that and you find activists, sometimes they literally take over these tolls and they hand you flyers, even as a tourist, telling you to not pay the tolls in order to support them and explain that you just bump through because those toll bars push out of the way. The toll bar didn't break my window because I slammed it or I broke it or anything like that. They're made to push out of the way because otherwise the, the, the Mexicanos will break them off. They have to push out of the way. He intentionally swung it back and broke my window with it. And that's the reality of what happened in this video. So when we get comments like this from people that are coming in here, maybe with good intentions, but they're just ignorant, we're going to talk about it because that's the beauty of this podcast. If you guys are listening on the audio podcast and you want to see these videos that we're talking about, I'll link them in the show notes. That's what show notes are for. Uh, callmegav.com slash podcast is where you can pick up show notes and links if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast. So I think it's cool that we have a live chat room here on the podcast and we can come in and talk with each other. People can disagree with me. You can think that that I'm uh, reckless, that I'm dangerous. I'm, I'm actually generally trying to be pretty careful more than people realize. And I'm always second guessing myself ever since my early days of activism, always second guessing, always reviewing those videos. Was my narrative well? Did I connect with people? Am I talking about something important? Am I doing this for my ego or am I doing it for the message? So I've always been like really strict with myself on that. And I've had even some other respected activists saying, you know, Gavin, what you did at the toll booth in Mexico, it wasn't okay because you had your kids. That's fine. But once the window was broken, I couldn't control that, right? because I'd never had that happen. That was a big deal. That's not a normal thing that would happen if you gently push through a toll booth. That's just not how it works. That was a very aggressive stance. If I had known the system better, I probably could have done a, gone to the prosecutor's office. I could have sued the people at the toll booth. But in the end, it's like managing all the bureaucracy is difficult as well. So everything came out fine. I'm sure they put another bar back up on the toll booth. But if everyone that they harass grabbed the bar from that toll booth and broke it off, these aren't police. These aren't real authorities. These are people that politicians have sold these concessions to that for a kickback. The corrupt people, a little of the money might go to the roads, but not very much. Oftentimes the roads are complete crap on these so-called toll roads. Sometimes the free roads are better than the toll road. Sometimes they're not. Like in Mexico State, the free roads tend to suck. So you kind of got to know where you're going. But nothing ended up happening. I just left and went home. And I obviously didn't pay it. Um, nobody was sent to arrest me. I mean, like, they're the ones that violated my property, right? So they attacked me. And that's the only reason I responded by breaking the bar off, because they used that bar as a weapon to violate my family. And I'm like, no, this bar's going. And being that my Spanish was sucky, it was dark, it was late, I wasn't going to get in a fist fight with these guys. Like, that wouldn't have served much. But 
a statement I think did need to be made. This obviously was, this is, just to be clear, it's not a border crossing. This is just a toll on the road. Okay. Anyways, that's the toll booth incident and a little of the backstory on it for the people that always come. Cause this is one of my most disliked videos that people are always trolling me and saying I should be arrested, uh, saying I should be deported, saying I'm an idiot. You can go and check out this video if you want to see the whole thing, including my very embarrassing Spanish, right? Um, let me see if I can I get the phrase right. What's the phrase that everybody likes to make funny for? Two days in muy trouble, senor. Okay, but you go out at midnight when someone's just broken your window on a dark highway with nobody else around with a year into trying to learn Spanish. And let's see how good your Spanish is. Send me the video, guys, for all the for all the people that are hating on me. I'll be waiting for the video. Um, how would I say it now if he did that? ¿Qué te pasa? ¿Qué estás haciendo, imbécil? Te vas a tener muchos problemas de eso, imbécil. Eso no se vale. Dame tu identificación. Quiero tu nombre. Quiero el número de tu jefe. Ahora. Y te vas a pegar por eso. Okay, something like that. And I would do better with my Spanish now. But this was then. This was then. Okay. Um... Who's going to be my first guest? I don't know. This isn't specifically. This is a, this is a show that we can get outside the algorithm with. Um, it's not going to be an interview show, specifically, Th which is not to say I won't have guests. But this is the Gavin Sign podcast, just like any talk show would be. We're going to talk about it. But if you guys want to get people on, I'll do it. The problem with guest shows, because I've done podcasting for a lot of years, goes way back, just not this show. The problem with guests is they require a lot more organization. So I can produce more content by just going live and talking to you guys, having a chat room, discussing things. Lining up a guest does take a substantial amount more organization. So what I'm going to do with the podcast probably is our first episodes will just be like this, talking about things, showing you things, discussing what's going on in the world in a way that's free from the algorithm and that you actually get when you subscribe to. If you go over to the podcast feed at callmegab.com slash podcast. And... I'll look at those numbers. If I see you guys liking the podcast, if I see some support, if I see it getting downloaded, right? People have been telling me for years, Gavin, you should do a podcast. Okay, I'm doing it. Now I want to see the support from you guys. I want to see you spreading the word. I want to see you subscribing. I want to see that it's actually getting downloaded and I'm not just talking into the air. And so that's a lot of this and whether it succeeds is going to be on you guys. I'll make the content. I'll be here. We'll talk about the topics. We'll deal with the issues, right? The Gavin Sign podcast is about truth, justice, and the not-so-American way, and maybe how we can get some of that back. Mucho gracias, Jose. Um, so, yeah. Does the cartel pay the tolls? Um, probably, uh, although I would say a lot of the people that have the concessions probably are also people that... that are connected to cartels. Maybe maybe it's even the same people running them. Um, but sometimes it's just political friends, and some 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 are more aggressive than others. But they're not actually allowed to be aggressive. Just to be clear, like they have no authority to do anything there. They have to let you pass. They have no legal authority. That's why even if you run a toll, I've ran tolls with with cops sitting right there. They don't come after you. They don't want any part of it. And the toll managers don't want this going to the courts because they know that they're stealing the money and that it's corrupt. So a cop won't pull you over in Mexico for writing a toll. At least I've never seen that, and I've ran a lot of them. But it's still stressful. Who wants to go on a trip and deal with that crap? And it's a shame. It pisses me off for the people, the Mexicanos that live here. La gente de la Puebla. 
because these people work hard all week. They don't make a lot of money and they can't even go on a trip on a, on the on the road because the free roads usually aren't bad. They go through lots of little winding roads and through towns and they're usually good, decent roads, but they're narrow kind of highways. And so if you want to go to the beach from here in Corretero, it's like five hours to go to Veracruz Beach on the toll. If everything goes well, it's more like eight or nine hours on the free road. So if you're doing a quick weekend trip, it's difficult to take the free road. Not because it's actually dangerous. Obviously, it's more windy and, and narrow, so it's more dangerous in a traffic sense. But it's not dangerous in the sense that somebody's going to rob you. The toll road is way more boring. It's just more of a straight shot. But that toll road has already been paid for by the people. It's not owned. It's not a private road. It's not through private country. It wasn't built by a private company. It's paid for by gas taxes and buy the toll agreements that came before that were supposed to have expired. So in every sense, these tolls are just a violation of human rights and a violation of the contracts with the people. All right. What else? And does the cartel pay the tolls was the question. Probably. There's this huge misconception that cartels just run around down here willy-nilly running into stores, stealing stuff, not paying for anything. I think it's more cops that do that than, than anybody. Um, cartels are, are like mobsters, guys. They're, they're a business. And the drug war and all the crap with it that was sponsored by the U.S. government has created tons of violence and, and chaos and violations of human liberty all over the world. So that's real. But this idea that cartels just want to screw with everybody for their own ego, the cartel bosses are in it to make money. And tourists are often like, oh, should I go to Mexico where the cartels mess with me? Well, probably not. As long as you're not coming down to sell their, sell drugs in their territory, they don't, they don't want international scandals. They want their business to function. And so I think there's a huge misconception a lot of times. You see these sensational videos in the internet and in YouTube because, you know, these dumb kids will go rogue maybe, or people will say they're from the cartels just because they want to rob people. But that's normally not how it works. That doesn't mean bad things can't happen, but uh, that's normally not, not how it works. All right. So what else do we want to talk about? Um, any questions? Anything we should cover? Because the, the podcast doesn't have to be a set length. It's not like we're on live broadcast radio and I have to keep it going. I have to stop every 15 minutes for a commercial. But who knows? Maybe if you guys help us grow the podcast, eventually we'll get some real sponsors and I can actually buy some tacos with that. Um, but hey, I just wanted to address the toll booth issue to prove that I will even I will even answer the naysayers. You are, in my opinion, wrong, but we can talk about it. It doesn't always have to be exactly the comments that I want to hear. All right. Sounds like a t-shirt. Twitter's in muy trouble, senor. No, they speed it up. They slow it down. They mess with it. They've used that to make fun of me for a long time. And yes, here we are. This is podcast number one. If you are watching this podcast live, Welcome to being a part of history. This will be on the podcast feed over at callmegav.com slash podcast uh, tonight or tomorrow. And it's the first show. So if you go there right this second, it's going to be an empty page because the first show hasn't gone up yet. As soon as I publish the first show, it's going to show up. And there'll also be links in there to subscribe on iTunes, to subscribe in Google Podcasts, etc. And you guys will be able to subscribe in your favorite podcast reader wherever you want. Or just listen on the... Uh, on the browser. Danny says, can you discuss the Ammon Bundy situation? 
Um, look, there, I've, I've talked to Ammon about this many times. And so have, you know, friends like Kelly Stewart and fellow activists, you know, like John Lamb and stuff like that. Ammon's gonna, gonna do things in his style and the way he wants. And I, and I, I like Ammon. I don't always agree with Ammon, but I really admire Ammon's courage and he's just always willing to stick his neck out there. But they're just gonna keep screwing with Ammon and they're always gonna find a new way to this, screw him. This is why I left, guys. Cause I was getting in that same range where I'm like, they're just gonna keep messing with me. I'm not going to be able to have a life, and eventually I'm going to end up in prison. And my fear, to be totally honest, for Ammon, is eventually they will find a way to to cop him, right? And to end him, or to put him in prison. Because this is how the U.S. system works. Dissenting voices in most regimes in the world, if they get too big, they're going to do something about you. And this is why I think we have to be as independent as possible. We have to be not relying on any one person as possible. This is why I hate just using platforms like YouTube and why we're starting the podcast, because we need to be able to communicate and speak our minds and speak the truth and express ourselves and have doubts about the, the narrative that we're being told without being censored. And a podcast is, is actually very difficult to censor because they just can't, they can't just turn you off. You're controlling that feed and your subscribers are deciding whether they subscribe to that feed. YouTube doesn't control that feed. That's why YouTube wants us to do podcasts on their platform. But the first thing I'll be doing with this show is downloading the audio. So the, so there will be the audio version of the podcast on mine. But. Much respect to Ammon for always always standing up to them, right? Ammon usually has kind of a genre that he's focused on. Sometimes I wish Ammon would would spread out a little bit more, speak out a little more vocally against the, against the police, uh, defend more, you know, the natives and the other groups, and, and you know, not just the farmers and the ranchers kind of thing. And in his his circle of people, I think if if I were to give a criticism of Ammon, it would be that I think that uh, he shouldn't hold back about just speaking. Don't play politician and just like tell people, like defend everyone's rights, defend people's rights. That's the name of his group. And he does that. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not trying to beat up on Ammon here. I, I like Ammon. I respect Ammon. But what I've seen in in activists over the years is there's those of us that get out there and just get our face in it and we get reamed in the media for it. And then there's guys like Ammon that kind of try and stay focused on their topic and kind of play the politics a little bit better, a little bit smoother, as it were, a little bit uh, more polished and sound more like a politician while doing activism. So not really being like a politician because they don't generally do activism. Um, but I don't think it makes, I don't think it works any better because Ammon still gets reamed in the medium. Ammon still gets crucified. And I think our message becomes stronger. The factions will still hate us. But I think our message is stronger when we defend all people equally, right? When I was, when I was the poster boy for the Second Amendment movement because of my activism on that, it wasn't that one day I decided, hey, I'm going to be a conservative Second Amendment activist. It's just I was like, hey, we have a people have a right to defend themselves, and I'm not I'm not going to tolerate the government telling me no. And so I did activism on like that, like the courthouse lockbox, like the I will not comply rally in Olympia, you know, where we where we all committed felonies in public. And, and said, no, we will not comply. And I think that message is good. And so I had all these people that were super fans of me, right? Oh, you're the leader of the movement, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it often reminds me of like when they were throwing palm leaves in front of Jesus one day and then they wanted to kill him the next day because of the shift in tides, the shift of the mob, the shift of, of what they saw on TikTok. Um, 
And this is what happens. So a lot of times activists will try and stay in their faction and their group, whether it's, you know, conservative right or libertarian or left, etc. And what I'm always telling the activists is we got to dump the faction. The faction's not going to do anything. They're just trying to make money and get people in power that they want. True activism for human rights doesn't have a party. And so I think all of us, me, you, Ammon, Kelly, John, everybody, we have to throw off the faction and not try and be with a specific group or I align with, I align with patriots. I align with Christian conservatives. All these people, when I turn, when I, when I started calling them out for their racism, when I started saying, wow, your border is, your border stuff, this is ridiculous. This is not what the founding fathers said. The border wall is completely against freedom and liberty. It's, it's completely a violation of the constitution to restrict people immigrating to your country, to require that they have papers and permission, to detain them because they crossed your imaginary line and your border that you put there. Uh, that's a total violation. So on one hand, you support liberty, but you don't actually, you just support it for your own. Uh, the police are complete terrorists. I started calling them blue ISIS and the conservative uh, patriot type Republican crowd completely tried to eviscerate me. And I didn't, I didn't care. I cared. I mean, I don't like people attacking me, but I said, no, this is the truth. We're here to talk about the truth. That's what we're going to do on this channel. That's what we're going to do on the Gavin Sign podcast. And that's what we're going to keep doing because I don't care about the factions. Factions are never fighting for our liberty and our freedom or for justice. They're fighting for their faction. And that's the problem with parties and factions. Okay. Um, so in terms of the Ammon Bundy situation, I just hope Ammon's like really paying attention because they're trying to get him and it, I don't like it. And I've told Ammon before, you know, you can go somewhere else. I mean, like, I don't know, man. And so I talk to Ammon occasionally and uh, I just hope he be careful. But uh, I respect Ammon for standing up to these thugs and uh, to the to these illegal federal agencies to the blm all this kind of stuff and and he gets reamed for it because the mainstream people they believe all this stuff right the propaganda is strong the propaganda is strong i'm um, speaking of you know what one topic border <laughs> i gotta i gotta find trampoline so i'm gonna do a, we're gonna do a take here we're gonna do a take that we're gonna cut out if it goes well and bear with me you guys okay can we just take a minute out of the podcast today to talk about this situation in Texas with these ridiculous, like giant balloons, these buoys that they put in the middle of the river. Now I've talked lots of times about this show and I've, and I've, I've given you the, the data, the history, all this stuff. The idea that people have to have permission to cross into your country is, is utterly ridiculous. It's completely contradictory to the constitution, the founding fathers, to being a Christian, to respecting others' rights. No one's invading our country except for the politicians and the people that they're sending there to invade our rights, the police, etc. And so I, I just have to, kind of talk about this, the unmitigated stupidity of the people in charge in Texas, um, because Texas went out and they made this Governor Abbott Governor and his, his fellow buffoons a new tool, a floating barrier. Okay. So they took these giant, ridiculous Buoys. Let me switch this over and just and just show you this. Today, Governor Abbott signed a series of border security bills. Right, border security bills mean stealing your money, 
by force. Here's him with all these blue ISIS friends. Now, border security, actual border security will be stopping an invasion of like an army trying to invade your territory, right? That's not a problem in the USA at the moment. There's no army. There's no invasion. It doesn't exist. And all of these... All of these people, these poor people trying to cross into the U.S. because, get this, we're a country that makes propaganda and movies saying how great the U.S. is and everybody wants to come there. And then when the poor people cross half the continent to come there, hoping that the story is true, we treat them like crap. And frankly, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. And this is not some left-leaning thing. The founding fathers were outraged by the idea that, that anybody that immigrated here would have to be documented. When this first happened, it was, it was an outrage to the founding fathers. That's not what we fought for. Okay, so now let me just turn the sound off on this, the narration. I just want to show you guys. I've been down on the border, right? I recommend that if you want to enter the U.S. without papers, that you go to the Canada side and then work your way down, do it in the summer, because Can Canadians are much more welcoming to Mexicanos. And maybe you'll like Canada and stay there if you want to go north to work. Uh, but don't tolerate this crap from Texas, the, the, the people on either side. These guys, these Border Patrol agents are just terrorists. They're spending millions of, of people's money to put these buoys in to the river. Why? To kill people to help increase, to make them more afraid. You have the right to swim across the river. There's nothing legal about any of the immigration restrictions. They're all a violation. The 10th Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, all kinds of other amendments in the U.S. Constitution. Okay, so the federal government has no authority whatsoever to restrict immigration. And the state government idiots of Texas and their blue ISIS thugs that have egos a mile high and think that they alone define freedom when it's actually one of the most fascist states in the U.S., they don't get to define it either in so much as it violates the individual rights of others. So they're putting up these giant buoys in the middle of the river. Obviously, it's not going to work. I mean, the idea, I always laugh when I see people that are so brainwashed by their party that they're like, oh, yeah, build the wall, build the wall. I'm like, you realize places like Berlin build a wall. Countries that want to lock you into your country build a wall. I've showed you guys the infrastructure at the border leaving the country. There's these narrow winding roads exactly like they had in Germany to keep people from escaping that you have to go through like this. It's set up to be able to close it off from leaving. Once you get to the Mexico side, the border's open. You can just drive right in. Sure, there's some infrastructure there. There's some people there. But Mexico's border is a very porous, almost open border. And you don't even you don't even get stopped most of the time when you go into the Mexican border. So it's not like you have to get permission to enter Mexico. Technically, you're supposed to get a visa. Although, actually, if you're within about 50 miles of the border, there's really, it's kind of a free zone and you can just hang out there. Okay, that's another topic. But here's what happened next. And this is what I love. Here's what I love about Mexicanos is they saw that Mexico in, in genius, Governor Abbott and his profound intelligence spent millions and millions of taxpayer dollars to, to litter the river with giant buoys that make it more risky and more likely that people will drown trying to swim in the river because it's hard to get across them. So what did the Mexicans do? What does it say? What does it say? Let's, let's take a look at this little short right here. Let's look at this. All right. Here's what they did. They took a trampoline and they put they put some buoys on it so it would float and then they can just jump over the asinine buoys that the stupidity 
<laughs> that the stupidity that is government littered the river with. They shouldn't even be allowed to put this crap in the river, right? They're just polluting the river. Um, but yeah, what did the Mexicanos do? They, they put barrels and made a floating trampoline so they could jump over. Thank you. Thank you to all the, the, the Guatemalans, Mexicanos. Most of them aren't actually Mexicanos. Most of the Mexicanos do not want to go to the USA. They know it's BS. Sometimes they want to go there to work and make some extra money because the wages are higher. But Mexico is not really a poor country on the national scale. Most of the people that are going up are actually migrating up from Guatemala, from Honduras, places like that. And what's happening is this, this propaganda crap this racism was even trickling down. The U.S. is spending so much on this propaganda and paying, bribing Mexican politicians to then abuse people at their southern border. It's, of course, easy to cross over into Mexico if you're coming from Guatemala or something like that. But they do abuse them more, and they're trying to increase the racism here against people from other countries. And I see the ignorant people on on facebook and stuff like that that are from mexico literally they think they're being intelligent like oh they're taking our jobs and i'm like dudes you're literally just repeating the phrases of idiot rednecks from the united states and you don't even realize it so like we can't let that ignorance come to mexico and be the norm either but thank you to those who resist immigration policies all over the world i just want to take a moment to say that thank you to those who who not abusing others, not trying to extort others, but to help people get across the Underground Railroad, to help people cross borders without papers, to help people get across rivers safely, that hide people in their homes to protect them from immigration control terrorists, whether those terrorists are, are Israeli officials, whether those terrorists are Australian officials, whether those terrorists are U.S. officials. Those who kidnap and lock people in cages for trying to travel and work and get jobs, but they've hurt no one are criminals. They're terrorists. They're the lowest cockroaches of society, and it's time society started exposing them as such. So that's what I have to say on the giant, ridiculous river boobs that the idiots in Texas put in the river. Hashtag river boobs. Okay, I think that video I will cut out and put on the channel. Let me make a title, because what I tell you, the algorithm likes titles. Texas government puts giant boobs in river there we go that's how about that for a title if anybody has a better title here's my here's my working title a good title is something you take time on right sometimes you got to see it in print to know if it's really good all right Texas government puts giant boobs in river. That's what we talk about here on the, on the Gavin Sign podcast. Hope you guys are subscribed over at callmegav.com forward slash podcast where you can subscribe outside the algorithm. You can take the power back from the algorithm and you can listen to the things you want to. All right. That's a good thing. I think we're going to wrap up for today's show. I do appreciate all of you being here. Uh, this show will, will go uh, offline. But uh, you can go over to get callmegav.com slash podcast probably tomorrow. Call me callmegav.com slash podcast and you'll be able to subscribe to the show there. If if you want the podcast to continue, if you like this, I appreciate our channel backers here, uh, Patreon supporters, Super Chatters. But most of all, I need you guys to spread the word. I need you to actually download your podcast app and subscribe there. Because if I'm going to go to the effort to get us outside of the matrix that is the algorithm of Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, etc., I need your guys' help. And we need to start supporting and getting shows out there and creating other shows 
like this podcast where we can actually talk about what needs to be talked about and and say it like it is without being censored by the algorithms, without having our videos taken down. Because YouTube can't control the podcast. They can't take it down. Facebook can't take it down. And they can't control whether whether you get to see it. All right? And shout out to Grant County. I can't say I miss Grant County, but I do miss some of my people. So shout out to all my family and friends up there. Um, and let's keep it going so that maybe maybe someday these psychopathic criminals like the police, like like Governor Greg Abbott, people like that. Like Hillary Clinton, right? Maybe some, some, at some point these people can be charged for the actual tr- crimes they committed, not just trumped up garbage like you know they're trying to make a media scandal for trump now trump yes absolutely violated our constitution he was not a defender of freedom and he's crazy uh he didn't deserve to be president and if you think that that's what a freedom-loving president looks like we need to study history more however it's just a show it's a dog and pony show to keep people entertained that's what this is all about it's just a circus give them bread and circuses and they'll let you do anything you want it's getting worse it's getting bad and yes and just before we close for those that came in late what's the difference in podcast this is a live show right so i'm this is the this is the podcast if it says podcast it means i'm recording for the podcast the audio feed of this will be an audio podcast that you can download in any podcast app on your phone if you go to gavinsign.com slash podcast once you subscribe to a podcast whether it's whether it's me, whether it's a photo podcast, a tech podcast, Joe Reagan's podcast, whatever. When you subscribe to a podcast, it then downloads whenever a new one comes out. Outside of YouTube, outside of Facebook, they don't get to control it. You're subscribing directly to my feed that's on my site. And it's automatically downloading so you can listen to the show in the car and things like that. And so while we may do the video live for the sake of talking and live chats and interaction... That is essentially just a recording on YouTube. When YouTube says podcast, it's more or less just a playlist that's considered a podcast. But this is a real podcast in the sense that the show, the audio version of this show will be on the podcast. And it, it within within this week, if you search for the Gavin Sign podcast, if you go to my site and if you search within the podcast, or if you download Google podcasts or Apple podcasts or something like that to your mobile, you will be able to subscribe right there. It'll actually show up in these directories, but these directories don't control whether it syndicates. So even if Google didn't like me and they took my podcast out of their directories, directory, the podcast would still exist. You would still be subscribed to it. You would still get the downloads from it because it's not, it's decentralized. A podcast, and this is the key thing where I think podcast really needs to, people need to start taking it more seriously. Podcasting is decentralized. You can't just get shut down by a, a media conglomerate platform that works for the government like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, etc. It's a decentralized content medium that you create the feed for and then people subscribe to in the podcast reader, podcast listener of their choice. So, yes, definitely go subscribe um, if, if you're not already. And start listening, not just to my podcast, get other ones, because you need to realize how much power that gives us. Start listening, start supporting content again that's not just controlled by by an algorithm that's meant to keep you on their platform as long as possible, watching ads and generating revenue for them, regardless of whether it's true, regardless of whether it's healthy, regardless of whether it's what you want to see, and letting them manipulate you 
psychologically. Start going direct to the source and downloading people's content. And that is what a podcast is. All right. We'll see you guys soon. I'm going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for being here. Defend your base. Appreciate it. I will grab some authentic Mexican tacos because, well, because that's all we have down here. And yes, they, they are good. They're very good. Viva Mexico. And we'll see you on the next live show here. And sometimes, like that little little bit we did on the on the boobs and the in the, the Texas boobs in the river, um, some of these videos on the live show will actually be cut out and published to the channel as their own videos, so you guys can see and share those in the little segments. And uh, if if the podcast is growing, I'll do more. Right? If it's not getting a reaction, I'll do less. That's just the reality of it. So I need you guys to help me support it. Hopefully next week we'll do the second edition of the podcast and I'll give you some updates on how it's going. By that time, all the feeds and the directory listings will be set up and it'll be way easier for you guys to share. In the meantime, if you're watching this right now live, give me till tomorrow or so and go to callmegav.com forward slash podcast. Uh, and if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, shout out, right? And send me an email. Come over to the channel. Still subscribe to the channel. Still hit the bell icon. Still hit the like. Because we can use these other mediums. We just don't want to be reliant on those entirely. And that, I think, is where podcasting can really come in for us. Thank you to our super chatters. Thank you to all of you for being here, for listening, for tolerating me for like an hour and a half. Crazy. But I think we had some interesting topics today. And this was uh, this was fun. This is the Gavin Simon Podcast. We'll see you next time, either live here on the channel or on the podcast feed over at callmegav.com slash podcast.